This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm so glad you've tuned in today. Why don't you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the word to the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, friends, the day has finally arrived. Today is an important day for our nation, but I would dare say it's a defining day for the church. Today, not only do we have the privilege, one of the greatest freedoms in our country, in our nation, and that is the freedom to vote. Uh, to let our opinions be known concerning candidates that we want to see in office, concerning proposals, referendums, addendums that will be on our ballot. And it's so critical that we use this as an opportunity to vote our, our, uh, our morality and to cast a vision for human flourishing. But in addition to the opportunity we have to vote, I think there's another opportunity we have, and that is to demonstrate the virtues of grace and truth. You know, those two virtues are hard to marry together in our age, but I would dare say that it's not just a contemporary challenge to marry grace and truth together, but that's always been the history. This is what led the Apostle John to pen in his evangelistic uh, treatise, what we call the Gospel of John, the words that we see in John 1.17, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth have come through Jesus Christ. You see Jesus, his ministry, uh, as he walked the earth and his ministry in our lives, subsequent to his earthly ministry, is to marry together grace and truth. And that, my friends, is what makes us, as his followers, unique. In a world that seems to uh, love polar extremes, either a graceless truth or a truthless grace, we get a chance to embody these virtues and to demonstrate to the world that far from being mutually exclusive from one another, they must be married together if we're going to see flourishing and if we're going to, with credibility, point people to Christ the Savior of the world. So today is a big day. It's a day where I'm asking for you, yes, to vote, because it's important that we do that. It's a duty. Many have sacrificed, laid down our lives so that we can have this right. Should not be lost on us that later this week, we'll also be celebrating Veterans Day. So let's remember the sacrifice of many generations before us. Let's remember the blood that was spilt for us to have this freedom in our nation. But I'm asking for you to do something even higher than voting, and that is to treat this as a national day of prayer. Now, I know that May is typically when we have the national day of prayer, but I think today should be a day where we approach it with a prayerful heart before the Lord. And throughout this day, I've invited a few friends to help to guide us in prayer, as we pray for our local communities, as we pray for 
the church throughout this country as we pray for our national leaders and as we pray for our own heart that God would be honored, that we would submit to his will, his word, and his ways. Joining me now is uh, Karen Ellis. I couldn't respect her more. She's a teacher, an excellent teacher and speaker. She works uh, in the area that intersects between Christian endurance, the African-American church experience, theological ethics, all of it coming together in the Edmondson uh, Center where she oversees uh, the study of Bible and ethnicity there. Uh, she is so passionate about advocating also for international Christian response for persecuted believers all around the world. And I'm so grateful for her joining me today. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hello, my brother. It's so good to be on with you. You know, you've already got me ready to throw the microphone across the room. Uh, just talking about grace-filled yeah. truth. Yeah. It is the thing that sets us apart. I always see, you've heard my teaching, that yes. I always refer to the people of God as the other cultural, other political community on the face of the earth. And we represent a culture and a politics based on the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. Yes. Uh, and that is what, you're right, that is what makes us unique among yeah. all other communities, all other voting blocks uh, in, in, in our nation and around the world. So I thank you so much for bringing the concept of grace-filled truth to the forefront of this conversation. You know, there's so much that I would love to explore with you, but I would want to start with asking you, how do you approach this day? How do you approach <laughs> election days? This is a big, big day in our nation. And no doubt you've given a lot of thought to it. So how does uh, K.A. Ellis approach days like today? It's funny. The first person that is on my mind every election day is my precious mama. Mm. And, I, and, I'll t when I t and I'll tell you why. I remember, and I'm old enough to remember when voting booths were actually booths. Yeah. And you would go in and pull the lever and the curtain would close. And my mama would take us, she would either pick us up from school or drop us off, you know, before she dropped us off, she would take us in the voting booth with her. Sometimes she would let us tick the little ticks. You know, she's like, no, no, don't pull that one, pull this one. And then she would, and she was uh, essentially teaching us how to participate in the process and that it was important. Now, wow. that's one thing that I remember every election day. The second thing I remember about her is when I was 18, I was still living at home and I slept in on election day. And my mama came in with a broom. <laughs> and she whacked me good. And she said, if Sojourner Truth... Yeah. can walk around the South and minister yeah. to people all over and, 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 and preach and speak abolition, you can get up and walk yes. around the corner and vote. <laughs> and <laughs> I have never this forgotten that It's a different generation. Different generation. <laughs> so, I'm going to tell you, every, every yes. voting morning I get up and I feel yes. that broom. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, uh, such a great story, and it's a story of legacy. It's also a story, though, that interestingly weaves in something that's missing from this generation, and that is a intrinsic trust that this matters, 
that this mm-hmm. is important. I think that um, the generation that we have now is one that has um, maybe brought too much into cynicism mm-hmm. um, and certainly has kind of lost a sense of trust that moments like this really do make a difference. As mm-hmm. you think about the next generation, what would you want them to know about um, elections and and voting and why this moment is important? Yeah, I think for the Christian, uh, and my mama, this is what my mama was doing. She was also not just teaching us, you know, how to participate in a secular process. She was teaching us what it, what a part of what our civic responsibility is as Christians, uh, that we are encouraged uh, to participate in this process. And it makes us good citizens. And we also are exercising freedoms. And you know, this is where my heart lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We live in the freer world. And there are people who uh, do not enjoy these kinds of freedoms, who would love to be able to have these kinds of opportunities to have a yeah. say in their uh, in their future and in yes. what their communities look like. And so, you know, it 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 matters not just in uh, in the temporal, in the earthly yes. realm, but it also matters in how we nudge our culture closer to what the kingdom ideal is. You know, that, yes. that man was made for life, that man and woman were made for flourishing, that they were created yes. for shalom, that they were created for peace. And so we have this unique opportunity. It's not the only place that we're supposed to speak into, but it is a significant place that we and an opportunity that we as uh, under a constitution in America have to be able to shape and nudge our cultures closer to what God originally intended for man. You know, I love that you said that. And and again, I would say to every young person that's out there, this is a privilege. And the more you travel the world, the more you recognize that as imperfect as our system of government may be, uh, there is no perfect form of government this side of heaven. That's why we look to heaven, but yet we have been blessed to be able to have voice. And, you know, I think about those two great commandments that Jesus gave, that we're to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but we're also supposed to love our neighbor mm-hmm. as ourselves. And mm-hmm. as I think about that second one, Karen, uh, this is one of the great opportunities that we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. And let me just say that when I step into that voting booth, I should not simply be thinking about Mm self-concern, nor should I simply be thinking about uh, self-preservation. Certainly, that's on my mind. Certainly thinking about uh, my family's welfare, my children's welfare, that's on my mind. But I should also Mm -hmm. be thinking about my neighbors. And saying to myself, how do I vote in a way that provides the most care and the greatest opportunity for them to experience flourishing and to be able to, as you said, nudge them, nudge our culture, if you will, uh, more towards the uh, picture that Christ would have for our community and society. Uh, That ain't easy. And I'm not trying to put uh, too much uh, pressure on the ballot because, Karen, and I'd love for you to speak to this before we go to break, uh, we got to have a perspective, in my opinion, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, that while the ballot is important, 
there is a power greater than the ballot, isn't there? Mm-hmm. That's right. And so, you know, this brings us, I think, to a question that what are we supposed to be doing when we're not in the voting booth? What is the church? Who are the people of God supposed to be doing? Our vote is only one way uh, to express our faithfulness to God's command to be good stewards of our unique citizenship. But we can't stop there. Uh, We've been commanded Uh, So we've been encouraged to participate in good stewardship, but we've been commanded to make disciples of all nations, not just converts, but disciples and people who want to live according to wisdom unto life and not foolishness or folly unto destruction. I think sometimes uh, we're, especially in our climate, we've been taught to behave as if politics is our only avenue for advancing God's purposes. But it's it's not even our greatest one or the one that we've been commanded to pursue. And so the Lord has told us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and that he's going to be with us in that endeavor. So our other responsibility, or among our other responsibilities as the grace and truth-filled people of God is to wield our greatest earthly weapon. That's praying for our leaders, discipling our communities and our cultures, our families, uh, those with whom we agree and those with whom we don't. And as dual citizens, citizens of uh, an earthly nation and citizens of the heavenly nation, we're called to be more prayer closet and disciple-making than voting booth. Uh, yeah. The Lord tells us uh, in First Timothy, uh, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for yes. kings and all those in authority, yes. that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So I think, um, uh, you know, handing a well-rounded concept of discipleship, prayer, and active citizenship is something I would love to see this next generation be uh, in, in, imbued with. And we get a chance to model that. We really do in homes across this country, each individual. Okay, so we're going to take a break right now. But as we get ready to take a break, I want to give you a homework assignment. If you've not already done so, if you have not yet voted, go online and take a a view, a peruse, uh, a sample of your ballot so that when you walk in, that's not the first time you're seeing the names, you're seeing the particular offices that are uh, up for election, that you're seeing the particular proposals that are on your ballot. Go in as informed as possible. I'm convinced that if Scripture is true, not only we're going to have to give an account for every word that we've spoken, but every action as well. And this is one of those most important actions. So when you vote today, vote as if you're going to stand before the Lord to give an account because one day you will. And hopefully you'll be able to say, as in all things, I did it to the glory of God. We'll be right back right after this. Get equipped with me, Chris Brooks, and grow spiritually, think critically, and live compassionately in your community. Go to moodyradio.org and enter for a chance to win a new Apple laptop. Grand prize winner will also win $500 in logoff software, a masterclass, and more. Now, runners-up will win an equipped t-shirt or the book, One Volume Seminary. Contest ends November 14th. For a full list of prizes and to enter, go to moodyradio.org. 
Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Very special election day edition of Equip. We're going to be treating today as a day of prayer. I'm joined uh, by Karen Ellis. She's uh, going to be helping us to pray today. But what I have in front of me right now is a sample of the ballot for my particular district. You can easily pull it up. And one of the things that becomes very clear, Karen, when I pull up my ballot, is there's a lot on there, uh, a lot more than just what gets commercial time, if you will. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, obviously, ad spin that goes on in a moment like this. Uh, But, yeah, I'm looking at my ballot. There's a governor and a lieutenant governor to uh, vote for. There's a secretary of state office to vote for, an attorney general's office Mm -hmm. to vote for congressional offices, uh, city council, uh, Mm -hmm. trustees for local universities. There's a lot there. And when you walk in, you don't want to walk in unprepared. So try your best. Be prepared. Now, Karen, I want to ask you, how do you maintain peace on a day like today? And I want to read to you the Apostle Paul's words from Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He says these words, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I've been praying this this verse all day for my heart and for the nation, but you share with us, before I ask you to pray, What do you do to maintain proper perspective and avoid anxiety? Yeah, you know, that's that's a great, um, great question and a great scripture to meditate on. I've actually been praying against violent actions in the outcome because things are so tense right now. And I guess I've been meditating on uh, the knowledge that true Christians uh, have the opportunity to be peacemakers in an increasingly violent world. Um, yes. I don't know if the violence is increasing or that we're just more aware of it sure. <laughs> uh, because of social sure. media. But, you know, Matthew 5, 9 is really instructive uh, in, in those cases. Our, our way is not the way of the world's violence. Self-defense and defense of, of others who are being taken advantage of, absolutely, but not, uh, you know, as the aggressors. Uh, and so I've just been asking the Lord to show me those places if I find myself in a situation, whether it's verbal uh, defense or physical defense, to make me ready um, to step in and be a peacemaker, whatever that means. And mm-hmm. that takes that mm-hmm. takes a lot that takes a lot of Holy Ghost movement yeah, in the heart yeah, because, yeah. Uh, you know, I am, that's, that's, our flesh does not want to step in and intervene. As a matter of fact, you know, we're definitely in an age where our tendency is to pull out your camera and video, yes, you know. Yes, um, yes. But what does that look like to really be Christ and stand in the way of violent aggressors um, yes. in a way that, um, you know, preserves life on both sides? Uh, you know, I think in the, in the, yes. um, 
And, there, you know, there's verbal violence that goes on as well and uh, defamation yeah. of character that happens uh, that, you know, we have an opportunity to speak into. So those are the those are sort of the prayers That's that have really been going good. on in my heart um, and, and praying that the Lord would, into, you know, one thing that I see happen in a lot in other countries where they do not have a lot of the physical protections that we have or the constitutional protections that we have is there's a heavy reliance on God intervening in supernatural ways. Um, and it's <laughs> this is interesting coming from a girl who's you know pretty solid reformed Presbyterian, but you know there are sometimes the Lord does move supernaturally in the natural, and uh, so trusting Him to step in in ways that our minds cannot understand and and deliver. Uh, deliver myself, deliver others from violence, deliver people yes. from wanting to foment violence in their hearts yes. and stopping aggressors before they even start. So a lot of these things have been on my mind. They've been on my, my knees as we, we do perform what we call at the Edmiston Center, our neology that goes with our <laughs> theology. Yeah. You know, we have to practice. Auckland's and uh, I think uh, as the set apart people of God, be ready to see things with a different set of eyes than uh, the world would have us see them. So good and so so important. Such a reminder. Uh, sad on one hand that this is the moment that we are in, but on the other hand, recognizing that we have all been called and placed here by God for such a time as this. Karen, as I get ready to ask you to pray, I think about what you just said, and uh, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but you remember those uh, old American Express commercials, don't leave home without it. You remember <laughs> that right. tagline? I, I feel like yeah. that about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we have to bring the fruit of the Spirit to the party, if you will, mm, to whatever yeah. moment we're in. The fruit of the Spirit is is not, there's no asterisk by the fruit of the Spirit to say, hey, you bring the fruit of the Spirit to these conversations, these arenas, but not the others. No, hmm. we bring the fruit of the Spirit to all of it. That includes our civic engagement. That includes our political discourse. That includes how we interact with those who think differently than us. Certainly I have strong opinion Certainly, I feel grieved in heart over the evils and injustices that I see growing in today's mm. society. But yet I'm reminded that these are signs that our world desperately needs Jesus. And so if I'm going to respond rightly, it is to have a greater evangelistic fervor that is compelled by love. So yes. with that being said, uh, Karen, can you... Pray for us today. Pray for our nation and pray for our hearts. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to come before you, to come before your throne and intercede on behalf of your kingdom, God. Uh, you are building a set-apart people for yourself, and you've given us assignments all over this world. God, you have hidden Daniels and Nehemiahs in every party in every state and federal building to influence, to correct, and to encourage our leaders toward a knowledge of you. This is part of our assignment of discipling our culture. You've buried your people all over the place, serving in capacities we won't even know about until we see you face to face. God, some are serving in stealth. Uh, they may not be giving chapter and verse on the daily from your scripture, but they are embedding principles of your order and your biblical wisdom in secret places. And I, 
Lord, you know I'm no expert on policy and government or even civic duties, but I do know that because of your rule and reign over all of your creation that you are using, even people who haven't yet realized that you rule and reign to unwittingly embed your life-giving principles in our public policies. I know this because Romans 1 tells me that your principles of wisdom unto life and order and your dissatisfaction with chaos and destruction of life are embedded and imprinted all over the universe for all to see. So I thank you for your sovereign purposes over the affairs of men. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. I will praise you as long as I live. I will sing praises to you while I have my being. We do not put our trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When that man's breath departs, he returns to the earth, and on that very day his plans perish. But blessed are you, blessed are you who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in it, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, sets the prisoner free, opens the eyes of the blind, lifts those who are bowed down, and loves the righteous. God, watch over us as we sojourn today. Uphold the widow and the fatherless, and I pray that you would exercise your perfect peace and your justice on this day and in the days to come. We thank you for your sovereignty over all the affairs of men. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Karen Ellis, uh, you're a blessing. You're an encouragement to my life and to the hearts of so many. Thank you for joining us today on Equip. Thank you, my brother. appreciate you. Friends, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Senate Chaplain Barry Black. He's a man who not only is a spiritual advisor to many, but he's also uh, one who has brought together uh, men and women there in our nation's capital to seek the Lord, to study his word, and to live as public servants under the virtues and ethics of morality of the scriptures. And so I want you to hear from him while we're on this break. Again, I've been encouraging you, if you've not yet voted, look at a sample of your ballot and let's make sure that we're treating today as a day of prayer. Much more to come next stop on Equip. Make plans to be with me for the next Equipper Zoom webinar. Join me next Thursday, November 17th, right after the program. We'll be addressing the topic, the Christian and politics. I'll share ways that we can faithfully navigate the political process and keep our hearts aligned with God's purpose for this world. This webinar is a perk of being part of our team of equippers, our monthly partners. So equippers, check your inbox for an email from me with registration details for this free interactive meeting. Not an equipper and want to attend? Become a monthly partner by calling 888-644-4144 or online at equipradio.org. Welcome back, friends, to a very special Election Day edition of Equip. As you just heard, we're also going to uh, be having a very important moment of uh, evaluating, processing uh, uh, the outcomes of this election with our monthly partners on November 17th. So mark your calendars. If you've not already done so, 
Christian in politics is what we've called it. It really truly is a time for us to ask the question of not only how we prepare for today, but how do we prepare for tomorrow and beyond as Christians who really want to bring the grace of God, the fruit of the spirit, our Christian involvement and and Christian activism to uh, our culture. How do we do that in a way that honors God, that loves our neighbor, that reflects faithfully the virtues of our faith? We're going to talk about all of that and much more uh, in our next Zoom webinar, November 17th, immediately following the program. If you've not already registered, please do so today if you're a monthly partner. Now, if you're not a monthly partner, you like to participate, it's easy to become one. All you have to do is dial the number 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Joining me now is Chaplain Barry Black, a friend of the program. Uh, Barry Black is a gift to our nation. He uh, serves our nation uh, as uh, the Senate chaplain uh, there in uh, in the nation's capital. He also uh, served in the U.S. Navy for more than 27 years. He's had a distinguished career as the chief of chaplains as well uh, for the Navy and uh, he is a, a huge blessing to us, and he's with us today. How are you, Chaplain? I am blessed and just excited that God is still on his throne, Chris. That is and, a good, uh, good reminder. Yes, yes, yes. He's in charge, and I believe that we continuously witness the unfolding of his prevailing providence. So yes. I'm interested in seeing what he's going to do today. Maybe it's no different than any other day in your preparation, but I would love to hear from you, Chaplain Black. How do you uh, prepare for today? Is there any unique uh, ways you approach an election day? You've no doubt seen many of them. So how do you prepare your heart? Well, I first of all uh, believe what the Epistle James says, faith without works is dead. (laughs) And so, Chris, I make sure that I have done my part uh, in voting, but not only voting, but being knowledgeable in my voting. Voting is one of the great gifts of Madisonian democracy. It places everyone on a level playing field. No matter what your socioeconomic level may be, if you vote, you have the same rank and privilege as Mm. someone who is at the top of the food chain. So it's it's a marvelous privilege that people have bled and died to get. So I make sure, first of all, that I have acted uh, prayerfully and that, and that I have voted. But I also uh, engage in spiritual warfare. Ephesians six twelve tells us we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. So very often, as we look at what is going on in the political arena, we point fingers at flesh 
and blood. But the reality is there are forces beyond human beings. There are forces at work and that we can, with the power of spiritual warfare and the, and the armor of God that is talked about in Ephesians 6, we can go to battle and we can see God empower us to, as Romans 8 put, puts it, to be more than conquerors. You know, Chaplain Black, what a reminder to us that voting is important. It has a certain a power and influence in our day, but that ultimate power lies in heaven. Ultimate power is in the hand of God. And I have to assume today, Chaplain Black, that heaven is not nervous, that God is not pacing the floor, that Jesus is not anxious. And um, <laughs> I pray that our hearts would be shaped by that truth and reality because we live in an anxious hour, don't we? We certainly do, Chris. And I just had a Bible study uh, on Capitol Hill, and at the start of the study, there were precious believers wringing their hands and crying, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken us? And, yes. and, and the results haven't even come in yet. Yes. And I laughed and, and said exactly what you just said. I said, God is not on his throne right now, wringing his hands, saying, what are we going to do about the midterm elections in the United States of America? No, 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 no. And that's the joy of it. So by the end of the one-hour Bible study, we were rejoicing and praising God and thanking God that his providence will prevail. And yes. I challenged each, each uh, believer at that study to end each prayer going forward by saying, your will be done. Yes. God is smarter than we, and we need to realize that and celebrate the fact that there's nothing happening in this world. Wars and rumors of wars, yes. Saber rattling, nuclear saber rattling, yes. But this still is his world, and he gave a pagan monarch, Nebuchadnezzar, a dream that was a synopsis of world history. Mm. Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, the dispersion of Rome into the nations of modern Europe, and that stone coming out of the mountains, smiting the image until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and in the words of Handel, and he shall reign forever and ever. So the battle has already been won, and that's what caused us to shout, because we know that the will of God, Chris, will be done on this election day. Praise such a his name. Such a great reminder. You got me over here happy just remembering that God is in control. Uh, Chaplain Black on our Facebook page, we've invited folks to chime in and respond to the question, what is on your heart to pray for on this election day? And some have already gone there. I want to invite you who have not yet gone, join us on Facebook at Equipped Radio and answer our question of the day. Uh, Heather says, hey, I am not praying for uh, uh, any red wave or blue wave. She says, I'm praying for Daniels and Jeremiah's uh, to come. And, 
you know, I, I love that perspective, but yet we recognize that we do need to understand that uh, God works through uh, men and women who are part of various political parties. So I do think that having a heavenly perspective is important as long as we understand the way that the systems of this world do operate. Uh, David uh, said, to, hey, I'm praying for those elected in the office that they will uh, bring in policies towards God's agenda and not away from it. And, uh, and again, a, a reminder in this moment of providence that, that God is at, at work. Uh, Carrie uh, said this, Chaplain Black, she said, it's her birthday today. So first off, happy birthday, Carrie. Uh, but Carrie also said she's a little bit stressed about the elect- election day. Uh, for those who are stressed, and I would add a second group, those who are maybe even cynical, those two groups, stressed and cynical, what would you say to them? Well, to those who are stressed, I would remind them of one of my favorite Bible passages, and it really helps me so much, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, have no anxiety about anything. What, What an amazing command of God. But then it continues, but pray about everything with thanksgiving. And God is reminding us that no matter what is stressing us, one, it provides us with prayer material. So if you're running out of prayer material, take God your burdens. Take your burdens to the Lord and <laughs> leave them there. But, but, it's, but it's basically saying also whatever is stressing you could be worse. So thank God that it is as good as it is. My God, I would not want to be in Ukraine right now with all of the challenges that these precious people face. Uh, And there are so many other nations that are dealing with famine and, and all kinds of violence. Oh, my God, I would not want to be there. Thank God we are in a nation uh, that has sociopolitical documents that say people are created equal and are, are, are given by a creator of rights that are neither derived from nor conferred by the state. They are God-given. What yes. a privilege to be able to have freedom to be uh, uh, in this setting where we are talking about the sovereign God of the universe without any pushback. So we have these amazing freedoms for which many people fought and died. Oh, we have so much to be grateful for. And one of the one of my favorite hymns, I'm, I'm at the age now where I sing praises to the Lord. I make a joyful noise <laughs> to the Lord at, at the beginning of the day and throughout the day. And one of my favorite is, this is my father's world. Oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. So I, I'd say to the stressful, maybe trying to make a joyful noise unto the Lord with one of those good, good old hymns, you know, that's it. And I would challenge the cynical, particularly those who believe that there's nothing supernatural going on and they cry out with the noted American uh, agnostic uh, 
the late Robert Ingersoll, life is a narrow veil between the cold and barren peaks of two eternities. We strive in vain to peer beyond its heights. We cry aloud, but the only answer is the echo of our wailing cry. I would say to someone with that kind of cynicism, 14th Psalm, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And God has given us enough evidence of his footprints in human history that we can praise him and take those cynical shackles off of ourselves and be freed by the way God speaks to us just in nature. The heavens yes. declare, says the 19th Psalm, the glory of God. The skies show forth his handiwork. And William Cullen Bryant, watching waterfowl migrating southward, cried out, this great poet, God, who from zone to zone guides through the boundless skies their certain flight in the long road that I must walk alone will lead my steps aright. We all want to live joy-filled lives, filled with satisfaction in God. But that life is not automatic, even for seasoned saints. So what do you do when you're weary in the battle and you want to give up? John Piper's book, When I Don't Desire God, will energize you as you fight for joy and encourage others along the way. Ask for your copy when you support Equip this month. Call 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. In just a moment, Chaplain Barry Black is going to pray for us, pray for our hearts, pray for our nation. But before we do, the question that some have is, how do I prepare for tomorrow, the day after the election? And I think one great way among, among many to prepare for tomorrow is to recognize that with the election behind us, what's right ahead of us is Thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but I love Thanksgiving. I know some of y'all want to skip Thanksgiving, go straight to Christmas, but Thanksgiving is great. It reminds us the power of gratitude. It's a superpower, in my opinion, uh, to have an attitude of gratitude. It can change you. It can change the people around you. It can truly change our world. And so begin to make a list of the things that you are thankful for. Don't allow your heart to become embittered or enraged, but thank God and uh, with that attitude of thanksgiving, watch him pour out his grace and use you in a mighty, mighty way. Chaplain Black, such a blessing to have you with us. Can I ask you, sir, take a moment to pray for us and to pray for our nation. Thank you, Chris. Let us pray. Almighty God, we live through this election day with faith and joy, and hope. And Lord, on this election day, because we trust in your prevailing providence, we make the following affirmation of great truths. We affirm that you are the creator, sustainer, and redeemer of all. We affirm, mighty God, that you are the sovereign of this nation and this world. We affirm 
matchless one, that we are accountable to you to do our part in supporting our government, and that we should pray for our leaders as you admonish us in all branches of government, that we might live quiet and peaceful lives with all reverence toward you. Lord, we affirm that you have called us to serve, to be salt and light to our generation. We affirm that we can limit your best for our nation by our inactivity and that all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. Lord, we affirm that without your help, we can miss the mark, but with your guidance, we cannot fail. And so, Lord, we claim the promise of Ephesians 3.20 that you will continue to do for our nation and world immeasurably, abundantly, above all that we can ask or imagine according to your power working in and through us. Use us as instruments for your glory. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Chaplain Black, we are so grateful that you're on your post, sir. Uh, One of the reasons why I'm encouraged today, one of the things that I'm thankful for is your life. So God bless you and thank you for joining me today. It's been my honor, Chris, and God bless you for the work you do. Friends, as we conclude this uh, day of prayer for our nation, again, you've heard two themes emerge. One is vote. I love what Chaplain Black said, faith without works is dead. So we got to have faith that God is at work in our nation, but we add the work of voting. But secondly, trust in the Lord. And I leave you with Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. He goes on in verse number six to say, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. May the Lord make our nation's path straight. May he use us to bring people to Christ. And if you have yet to trust in Jesus, today I encourage you to confess your sins before him, to trust and repent to simply invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. And if you do that today, you can be saved. You can know joy on the inside, regardless of what's happening on the outside. If today you wanna turn from sin and turn to Jesus, I wanna invite you to dial this number, 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. We'd love to wrap our arm around you as you take your next step in your journey with Jesus. Well, friends, until we're together again tomorrow, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Hey there, friends, Chris Brooks here. You know, divisions often mark our world, our nation, and even our relationships. So how do we find unity 
in a fractured world? Well, we aren't the first generation to live in such times. I'll share wisdom from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Join us and discover unity in Christ on the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.